So it's a story of Jesus calling Peter, and remember what Jesus said to Peter, right? And so Jesus was preaching, and, and, uh, and then there was a lot of people because Jesus was preaching, and they came closer to Jesus, so Jesus had to, and he was preaching at, 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 the, at the seaside, and so he had, he had to distance himself from all the crowds of people, otherwise he would be in, in the water, and so he, he got on Peter's boat, and then asked Peter to just put the boat further away so that he he's further distant from the crowd so he can minister to the crowd with the word of God, the Bible says. And then after that, he told Peter, you know, after they finished preaching, he told Peter, go ahead and just go and uh, cast your net on, uh, 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 in, in the sea. And Peter said, you know, Lord, we've done that all night. We got no results. And, but if you say so, we're going we're gonna to obey you. And you all know the story. They went out and they caught a lot of fishes. And, and they, they need to get all their friends to come and help them to, to catch all the fishes. And uh, at the end, after that, and Peter realized who was in front of him, he was then really fearful. He had an encounter with God, and, and, uh, and then he said, get away from me, Master. And then Jesus says, don't be afraid. And Jesus said, I will make you a fisher of men. And for Peter, is fisher of men because Peter was a fisherman. For you, what is it? Whatever it is that... You believe God has called you to, perhaps you're a teacher, uh, perhaps you're a counselor, perhaps you're a comforter, perhaps you are an advisor, perhaps whatever it is, he, he wants to use you in the place of your vocation, and then he wants to call you to become a world changer. And whether it's a fisher of men, teacher of men, counselor of men, whatever it is, and so this morning, I pray that by the end of our time together, that you and I will have a clarity in our calling. And the reason that is important, ladies and gentlemen, is because that's how you and I can live a full life that fulfills everything that God had planned and purposed for us. And that's why we're here this morning. We're not here to waste time. We're here to be encouraged, to be reminded why we do what we do, why we breathe another breath. Because friends, if you and I are not here for a purpose, then why are we here? If you are already done on this earth, then God would have called you home. There is another purpose. There is a purpose for you, a calling for your life. Now let's look at the scripture here. Luke chapter 11, 5 verse 1 to 11. And we're just going to go through it slowly. And hopefully for the next 30 minutes, I can finish what I want to say. Okay. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him who hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, let me pause here and talk about hearing the word of God. How many of you are here to hear the word of God? Let me see. I just, I won't pay attention. Okay, that's good. Most of you are here to hear the word of God. I guess the rest of you are here to listen to me. <laughs> Please don't do that, you know. <laughs> How do you hear the word of God? Because it is so interesting that the people would follow Jesus wherever he would go to hear the word of God. And I want to tell you this. It's in, in my calling, what I do, 
I am so fearful every day, not every day, especially when we approach Friday and Saturday. In my life, I become fearful for the reason that I will not be doing my job in allowing myself as an earthen vessel to speak the word of God. And I believe the Holy Spirit is always faithful. Every Sunday, he would come and he would speak to us in one or two ways. Number one, he would use me as a mouth of clay to proclaim his words that would directly hit your spirit and will give you a revelation and that you will be the walk in that revelation. And number two is that even if my word, if, if what I say is not what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, he would anoint your ears. Watch this. Is that whatever I say, what, what I would say he would take those words and he would plant it in you and give you another message that I'm not even talking about. And oftentimes when we come to the presence of God, you know, if we have such a desire like these people, you know, they don't, I'm sure they all have jobs yet. They all come to listen to Jesus broad daylight and they come and approach Jesus because they have such a hunger and desire for the word of God, for truth, ladies and gentlemen, for truth to actually change life, for truth to actually transform society, for truth of God. So people are hungry for that. And today, a lot of people like you and I are hungry for that too. But not only in this house, there are many, many people are hungry for an authentic truth. I mean, it's a double positive. Authentic, the truth is supposed to be authentic already anyways. For an authentic voice from heaven. And you know what they do? We're having this discussion yesterday, you know, had a little get together in my home, you know, yesterday my wife organized it and, and uh, we were talking about uh, uh, all the different people in, in our culture today. And many of the young people are involved in all kinds of Eastern religious code, all kinds of um, uh, uh, exercises, as it were. And uh, one of the young men in our church, you know, he used to, he used to get involved in this, this uh, ayahuasca tea thing, you know, the hallucinogen. And, and, um, and uh, so, you know, we were talking about this. A lot of people are just very interested in this sort of thing. And I said, you know, if you look at it from a religious standpoint, you will say to yourself, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with these people? But if you look from the eyes of the Father, you will see this. There are a lot of people are hungry for an authentic experience of God. They are so hungry, they would do anything to have an experience with the presence of God. Or some spiritual experience, if you may. They are so hungry for an authentic spiritual experience. They do anything, crazy stuff. Drinking hallucinogen, drinking drugs so that they can have some kind of experience. Now most of us, like in the days of Jesus, who have been so accustomed to all the saying of the church, of our religious circles, and, and, and we want to get more truth out of it, that's great. But I want to tell you this, outside the circle of religious people, as in the days of Jesus, to the outside of this church, outside of Christian circles, I want you to know the reason God is calling you and I to become fisher of men, and we'll learn that later on, is because, ladies and gentlemen, the society that we're living in, it is not that they're not interested in God. They just don't feel like the church Christianity has anything to offer in terms of truth or authentic experience in the presence of God. 
And so they don't even try to come to church and figure it out and find out. But it is not our job to judge them. It is our job to tell them, hey, listen, I know that your experience within a church or whatever church you've gone to have been quite a disappointment because all they were doing is just religious rigmarole that has no power, that has no life, that has no authenticity. People are just pretending and just so hypocritical. I understand that. But I want to tell you this. Whatever abuse that people had made, have done, whatever things that people have done, however they have lived their life, it does not invalidate the truth that has been hidden from many people in the religious circle. And you and I have the responsibility to tell them about this authentic truth of God, word of God, that people are super hungry about. Now, one reason why I want to say what I'm going to say today is because I believe every single one of us are called not just to come to church every Sunday, but become a fisher of man or a teacher of man or some influencer of man to influence them to the truth, to the authentic voice of God. In other words, authentic voice of the Spirit of God. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the world we're living in, they're absolutely hungry. And so are you. That's why you're here, hungry for that authentic experience in the presence of God. Authentic voice of God. So anyways, Jesus saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat and when he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into the deep everybody say put out into the deep you know a lot of times if you want to experience miracle and they're about to experience a miracle you can experience a miracle while you have some kind of leverage to fall back on you need to go to the deep now, they tell you that if you go and swim in the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, you just want to make sure there's a safe lifeguard around. Because if you go to the deep, you may get, you may get caught by the wave. Um, several years ago, when we were uh, in, uh, on vacation in Mexico, and uh, we were in a resort, and so, you know, I, I just loved to swim in the ocean until then. And um, I was swimming, and I, I, you know, I saw my kids, they were playing, and a lot of people just, most people just by the, by the beach. And I thought to myself, this is not fun. I can swim. So I started to swim towards the ocean, deeper and deeper, because I thought, man, it was so fun. You know, I can I experience something, you know, and the water is cooler, and it's quieter, not that many people, you know, around. And I found myself... After a while, getting really tired, so I would make a turn and want to swim back. And when I make a turn, I realized that I was really way off. And so I think to myself, no problem. I swim in my pool all the time. I know how to swim back. See, in my pool, there was something that is not, uh, in the ocean, there's something that ocean has that my pool didn't have. It's called current, you know. <laughs> and so, so I start swimming back. And I swam for quite a, you know, quite a while. And I look, look up 
it felt like it went further. Now I started to get to panic. And I said, okay, I'm going to try again. So I swam. I tried to swim in. And I look, and it was not any better. So I'm starting to get tired. I started to get tired. And so I kept swimming and not making any headways. And that was the day I decided I'm not going to push my luck anymore. Some of you are sitting there saying, what happened, right? Well, thank God that was a good resort. They have lots of lifeguards. And one lifeguard saw me struggling out there. And he came out and he rescued me. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I'm alive today. Shandai. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for lifeguards, you know. They do save life. I'm one of them, you know. So anyways... One reason why I want to go to deep, because there's always good things in the deep, right? Stuff, amazing things, you know. And so, but you know, Peter was, was, was instructed by the Lord. But I was, I was just being driven and motivated by my pleasure um, to want to do more. You know, but I remember when I was a younger kid, you know, in my parents' church, they, the youth group used to go to the beach all the time. And, uh, you know, we're living on an island, and so we go to the beach all the time. And some of the older youth, what they do is they would take a net a big net and they will fasten the net on two poles of uh, two wooden poles and then they will swim all the way to the deep and uh, only in the deep they will haul all kinds of fish and so that would be our lunch and dinner and they will haul all kinds of fish you know some of them you can eat some of them you can't eat those those one with the with the with the stomach then grow bigger what do you call it the um puffer fish that's right and so, um, you know, you can't eat those because you're going to die if you eat those. But, you know, there are all kinds of stuff. But you cannot get all the good things unless you're willing to go to the deep. My point is this. The reason many of us are not willing to go to the deep is because we tried it and it almost killed us. You had tried faith and it almost killed you. So you think to yourself, I ain't ever going to do that again. Like I promised my family, because when we, I came back from, the, from, from being rescued, it was kind of humiliating, you know, being rescued. After, <laughs> I guess it's better to be humiliated than to be dead, right? <laughs> I'll take that any day, <laughs> you know. You know, after I came back, you know, my wife said, why do you always take chances? You have two kids, you know, they're growing up. They're going to have no father. Just stop taking chances, right? I was like, oh, you know, all right, okay, okay. I'll never ever do that again, you know. And so, uh, because you have and I have tried to launch into the deep, not just in, in, you know, in the physical water, but, you know, many of us have tried faith and we have been disappointed. And so, we are very careful not wanting to try again. I want you to listen to this very carefully. If you ever want to experience a miracle of God, I'm going to see that in provision. The miracle of God to meet your needs more abundantly than you could ever ask or think of. You need to be willing to launch into a place that is not secure. You need to be willing to go to the deep. Now, listen very carefully. Don't do it on your own initiative. Because you may get drowned. Many Christians 
has experienced launching into the deep and almost killed themselves because they thought, they thought it was the will of God. Watch this. Simon answered. Or said, put out the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And someone answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now, if you ever want to try to go to the deep again, because that's what we are called to do, to go to the deep, don't ever, ever try Unless you are sure. Everybody say sure. Not guessing. Not hoping. Not wishing. Not even believing. But sure that you have heard directly from heaven. The voice of God has spoken to you. And that you have confirmed that. Because Peter didn't say, I'm just going to go on my own initiative. Because if you do, then you might get empty nets. And they had tried and they got empty nets. And so they decided to go to the deep because Jesus said so. What is it that Jesus has been telling you to do something and that you have confirmed and confirmed and confirmed and yet this morning you're sitting here, you're not willing to launch to the deep because you are worried because you tried it and that you got bitten, you know. Uh, you, 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 got, you got failures, you got disappointment and it hurts you and you just didn't want to do it anymore because it almost take your life, it almost took your life and so you pause, now you're not sure. I want to encourage you this morning. He said, learn to hear from the voice of God. Confirm his voice and then launch into the deep. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because he will never leave you drown. He will never leave you out in the water, out in the open. But when you go, he will cause your net, your net, to be full. Full of the abundant, abundant and the blessings of God. But you got to hear from him to launch into the deep. Now watch this, right? Many of us had come back from the deep with our own effort. And so we are hesitant, as I say, and maybe even had, you know, uh, many of us had, had, had been uh, almost dead, you know, almost being destroyed by our, our work of faith, our exercise of faith. And, and so we're hesitant here. Peter said, you know, we toiled all night and took nothing. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever experienced that, that journey in your life that you try so hard and you got nothing. I've been there many times. You try everything you could think of under the sun and you got nothing. Nobody wants to talk to you. You know, after a while, you think it's you. You know, I remember when, when I first started this church, you know, we try everything. We try, oh my goodness, you know, for those of you who've been with me since day one, right? You remember that. We try everything. Everything you can think of under the sun. My goodness, we try them all. I say that, I, I mentioned this many times. And every time we try, it just blew up in my face. And I get disappointed. The disappointment. You know, you can only take so many disappointments, right? I mean, for a human being. And after a while, I just thought to myself, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's me. You know, I try everything. It's not working. It seems like somebody else will be trying the same thing and boom, they have great success. You know, you know internet is a really amazing, powerful tool. But it's also very dangerous because... 
it just gives you all kinds of access to all kinds of information. Some of them is not even real information that get you really disappointed. You know, so I would, I would be trying so hard to do different things for the church and, and nobody shows up. It's only us, always just a few of us. And then I'll be logging on the internet, you know, and, and at the time there was no Facebook. Thank God, I can just imagine if there was Facebook, I would just probably had given up already. But, it was no, but you still can check things out, you know, go to, go to your friend's church website, you know, and, and everybody seems to be doing so well. And I thought to myself, maybe it's me. Maybe I've committed some sin in the past. Maybe because of the mistakes I've made in the past. Maybe this, that. Maybe it's my skin color. You know, I even thought of that. Oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's the wrong country. I remember I was talking to a pastor, you know, and we were talking about this, this preacher that is so super successful, you know, in, 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 in Singapore, you know. And, and we're talking about him and I said, wow, you know, this is amazing. And I, and then I was bemoaning to this mentor of mine. I go, you know, like, I feel like such a failure, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I just, maybe I just, quit you know and and maybe you know because he's so successful there and and i'm just i'm just not doing anything and and then he said to me you know well maybe because you're in this country i don't know what he meant by that i mean you can take this to a lot of directions you know and for me i was so disappointed i said oh maybe maybe it's my skin color maybe it's just me maybe i'm just you know there's a lot of maybes because you try you toil Nothing works. You try everything. Everything that people encourage you. I go to church growth seminar. I go to different people just tell you so many tricks and nothing works. Is it me or some of you have tried that? You know, some of you are trying for, 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 for a spouse and you try different things. Nothing works. You try it. You try it. It's just nothing works. You're just very, very afraid that you don't want to do it again. I understand that. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit understands that. Some of you are trying in your career, trying in your finances. I remember I used to try in my finances on my own, you know, like after I, I came to full-time ministry, you know, and I thought to myself, I, I got a degree in economics, I understand macroeconomics, and micro, I know how to read the news. And so I thought I would do trading and investing, and I tried everything. I went to seminar, paid for some expensive software, do everything, and realize I'm really not that good. <laughs> I tried it. It didn't work. It's very disappointing. And if you have lost tons of money, you just don't want to do it again. But you know the grace of God is so amazing. Is that when we're willing to let go of our own trying and listen to his voice, you will see results. I'm going to take it one step further. Every single time when God has called you to something, it will be his responsibility to prove to you that he had called you. You don't need to make an excuse for him. Some of you understand this. You know, I as a pastor, I've also heard, not only myself, I heard a lot of people say, God told me this, God told me that, and then nothing come out of it. And they're trying to make an excuse for God. 
You do not ever, ever need to make an excuse for God. He doesn't need your excuse. You know, the other day, I was just, I was just thinking about certain things, you know, like we pray, I was praying for something and I tried something and obviously, you know, I, I wasn't too sure, but I tried it anyways, you know, I'm a kind of risk taker myself, you know, and, and it didn't work and I, I was really disappointed. And so I started in my mind making excuses. So maybe God this, maybe God that. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I was just trying to protect you, you know, like trying to protect you from my unbelief, you know. And, and Jesus said to me, I don't need you. I don't need you to protect me. I don't need you to make an excuse on my behalf. You know, as pastors, it's the same thing. You know, we pray for people. We, we see some people, you know, not having any victory in their lives. We're trying to help them out or we're trying to protect God. We're trying to make excuses for God. We're trying to come up with all the theology and reasons of why what the Word of God says is not really that true. But the Holy Spirit is saying to me, son, I don't need you to make an excuse to me. I'm a big boy. How many you know the God we serve, he's a big boy? You know, a lot of times we have to make excuse for God. You know, maybe God this, maybe God that, you know, maybe this, maybe that. Oh, stop it. You and I don't ever have to make excuse for God. Because I want to tell you this. If God has called you to do something and you have confirmed and you heard from the Lord, the results will follow. Everybody say results. The results will follow. God will never call you to do something that has zero results and that you have to give excuses all your life for it. Anyways, master, we toil all night and took nothing. Have I offended anybody? If I have, please forgive me. But I want to tell the truth. Listen. You and I don't have time to waste. We have only but a few years on this planet. I was thinking about this morning. When I get to heaven and I look back, what would I say to myself? Oh, you stupid fool. Why'd you do that? What a waste of time. Oh, to, would I say to myself, good job, Paul Cook. Good job. You, you did good. You know, you didn't waste your time. We have all experienced things in our life that we regret. We go, oh, I wish I knew. But I tell you, friends, the sure thing is not to live in regrets, but to always hear from the Lord. And that when he had told you and spoken, you've heard it many times, there were results coming. Anyways, so he said, we told all night, nothing, nothing work. But at your word, I'll let down the nets again. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Sometimes God may cause you to do something that you felt like you have failed. You don't want to do it anymore because you tried it on your own, on your own initiative. You say, God, I, I just, for example, as a pastor, I pray for many people. I pray for them. And you know, many of times, nothing happened. And you think to yourself, that doesn't work. And so you tried. You try, you always, you know, try, you learn, you listen to, you know, especially there's a lot of amazing preachers out there. They, they're so convincing and they say something and then you just want to follow them and you try what they do and it's just not working. And I remember one time I said to myself, because I've been praying for people that was much younger years and nothing at work and I seen, 
you know, some of the pastors doing the same thing and nothing worked. And I said to myself, I don't want to do it again. It's fake. It's, it's whatever. I, I don't want to do it again. I don't have the anointing. I don't have the anointing like, you know, all, you know, um, um, all this amazing uh, uh, miracle workers or whatever. Maybe it's not my time, so I don't want to do it again. And interestingly enough, I remember there was one time the Holy Spirit said, now I want you to pray for somebody. But I said, God, I try so many times. It's embarrassing to pray for someone and they don't see nothing. It's embarrassing to me. And I, I just, I just, I, I'm so sick of giving excuses on your behalf at the time. I don't want to do it anymore. But you know, the grace of God is so awesome. And I believe the Lord understands that. He understood where I was. And so he sent confirmation after confirmation. And he was sent confirmation, watch this. My faith started to grow again. It started to grow again. And it started to grow again. At one point, I hear so clearly, the Holy Spirit says, pray for this brother. It was just right outside here. Pray for this brother. And he was sick. And I remember, I said, okay. I don't even think it's going to work. But because you say it, I'm going to do it. I pray for him. He's a tall gentleman, you know, much taller than me. I have my hands up there like that. <laughs> this is right outside. And he called me the next day. He said, Pastor Paul, I just want to tell you that your prayer worked. I go, wow. This is so good. And my faith got increased. And, and so I'm able to hear the voice of God and pray for people. So I, I always say this, you listen to what Jesus is telling you to do. And if you do them, there will be results. You know, the people in the prayer team, I always say this to them. I say, when you pray for people, have your eyes open. Don't close your eyes. I know it's such a habitual thing. I still see a lot of them close their eyes. Oh God, you know. Open your eyes. Do you know why that's important? Because if a person said, I, I got my hand, can you please pray for my hands? I got, I got arthritis here. And then you open your eyes, you pray for the hands. And then he starts twitching in his knees or whatever. Then you know the Holy Spirit is doing something there. So instead of being totally committed to praying for the hands, you say, God, you're doing that. Okay, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to pray for the knees right now. Jesus, whatever happened to the knees, I pray. And then, you know, if you follow what the Holy Spirit is doing, it always work. And so I always encourage people, open your eyes when you pray for people. Don't need to close your eyes. Don't need to be religious about it. Right? I mean, you know, just, you know, just close your eyes. So it took me a while to have my eyes open. I still sometimes close my eyes when I pray for people. And then the Holy Spirit to remind me once in a while, open your eyes. Okay, you know. But the point is this, you follow what Jesus is doing. And so at your word, everybody say at your word. At your word, even if it has disappointed me many times. At your word. Even if I have tried and have hurt myself. At your word, even if I fail, I toil all the time. I toil for all my life and it hasn't worked. But at your word, only your word. 
I will obey. And you let down the net. Or you do whatever he called you to do. You will see miracles. You will see results. I said you will see miracles. And you will see results. Some of us are sitting here this morning. Waiting for a miracle in your life. Before you do anything. Would you please pray and say God speak to me. And if if he doesn't speak then don't do anything. If he doesn't say anything. Don't do anything. Until you hear something. Speak your word and I will obey. And you know when when God speaks his word and even if there's opposition and resistance you will have the strength to overcome it because you always remember that voice that had instructed you and results will follow. And when they had done this verse 6 they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. You know, the blessing of God and the miracle of God is never a marginal thing. I say it all the time. You know, a lot of times we see some marginal success of our effort. We say, oh, praise God. I guess you praise God for the wisdom he'd given you and for the strength he'd given you. But don't praise God for the miracle that he had done because he hadn't done any miracle yet. Because miracle always will overwhelm you. Listen to this. Miracles will always overwhelm you. God has called some of you to do something and he had called you and that he had called you, you were afraid. But I want to tell you this, when you respond to the call of God, only the call of God, don't be pushed by man, don't be pushed by persuasive man in anything that you do, don't be pushed by persuasive man, but just be, just hearken to the voice of God. He said, I don't know if it's the voice of God or my mother talking to me or some preacher talking to me or Pastor Paul is talking in my ears. I don't know if that's the voice of God. You can afford to wait. Wait until you have confirmation. And when you have the confirmation, you do this. And when you follow him, the result is going to be so obvious to you. Don't be satisfied with just marginal results. You're sitting here this morning. May I encourage your heart. May I encourage your faith. May I encourage your spirit. He said, when you have heard from the Lord, you go ahead and you go to the deep and you throw in the net. You will see amazing, awesome results in your life. And you don't have to make any more excuses for God. Oh, because of this all because God is dead no you don't have to make excuses for him he doesn't need you to make excuses for him because he wants to do amazing things and great and miracles in and through your life all you need to do is to obey his voice at your word Lord I will do this for you and you follow it and you'll see great things and they signal to the partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both of the boats. You know, when God blesses you, it's going to be so overwhelming that you don't have room to contain it. You're going to have to share it. It's true. The blessing of God is just going to be always so overwhelming that you're going to have to share it. Because if you don't share it, your boat is going to sink. You have to share it. And many of us have not experienced that yet. We have not experienced that in our finances. We have not experienced that in, our, in every area of our life. We just don't know what it is like to be in a place that you have so much that you got to give it away. And you can't give it away fast enough. But I want to prophetically declare it over your life in this coming season. Listen, 
in this coming season, you pay attention to the voice of God and you say, at your word, Lord, I'm going to do this as you do, ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. You're going to come into a season that you're going to have so much for yourself that you have to share or you have to throw it away. Might as well share it. Share it and just give it away and give it to other people. This is going to be your season. This is going to be your time that you're going to have so much that God is going to bless you and that you need to share it and give it away. You say, I don't know if it's going to happen. It will if you hearken to the voice of God. Now, watch this. This is what I, I wanted you to pay attention. But when Simon Peter saw it, he found out that Jesus needs, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Miracles of God, every single one of them, the authentic, real miracle of God is an encounter with God face to face. The God of the universe himself is coming down to where you're at to intervene on your behalf. That is an encounter. Just think about it. The God of the universe, the God that created every stars in the sky that we haven't even reached even 1% of it, the God of the universe who knows so much, he would come down from his place to intervene on your behalf. That is an encounter. Many of us have not experienced miracles yet, I believe, no matter how successful you have been. Because you have not met God. It's not the type of miracle that would, listen, bring you to your knees and say, God, I can see you. I know you. I know you are here. The miracles that some of you will experience in this season is going to be so great. It's going to be an encounter. It's going to be like, whether it's provision, healing, whatever, that you will know that God had just met you. You see, for Peter, when he experienced this miracle, he didn't go, oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for provision. I really should, oh, praise God. I'm going to have a testimony. And, and oh, this is such a wonderful story. This is what a wonderful experience. It is so good. You know, I'm so blessed. You know, praise the Lord. His experience was that I'm an unclean man standing before the God of the universe. I ask and I pray this morning that in this season that you're walking into with great abundance, that the miracles that is going to happen as you follow the word of God, you will experience his presence. You cannot, you, you will be, you will, but can, you, you, you will be able, you will not be able to with, with, withhold yourself but to fall prostrate before God because you have met the God of the universe himself walking into your life, intervening in your situation or having a face-to-face intervention on your behalf. And when you have, this is what's going to happen. You will fail unworthy. So he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
for he and all the people were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. You will feel unworthy. But this is what you're going to hear from the Lord. Verse 10, and so there were James, John, and son of Zebedee's who were partnered with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. That's the voice of grace. When you come to the presence of God, you're going to come to an experience of an awe of God that is so big that you will feel so small, so vulnerable. At that moment, you will hear a voice of Jesus that is full of grace and love and mercy. His voice is always full of grace, love, and mercy. Every time when somebody would see and encounter him, I remember John the Baptist in the Bible, you know, he saw Jesus in his full, in his, in his entire glory, and he was fearful. He dropped down on his face, and Jesus came and touched him, said to him, fear not, don't be afraid. That's the voice of grace. And this, this experience you're going to have, I declare it prophetically. In this season, you're going to experience God. You're going to feel so unworthy. But he's going to come and touch you. And the first thing you're going to hear from him is, it's okay. Don't be afraid. My grace is sufficient for you. Yes, you have done many mistakes. You have, you have, you have done a lot of things that you, you're not proud of. And you realize it. He's not here to punish or judge you. He's here to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Other religion will portray God to be someone that wants everybody to be afraid of him. I'm not talking about uh, the fear of God. The fear of God is such a limited words in the English vernacular that we always get confused when it talks about the fear of God. We're thinking that the fear is the same kind of fear that the world is portraying all other religious gods, you know, like, like in Buddhism or in, in Hinduism, you know. Uh, those gods are so ugly, you know. You got, you're so afraid of them. They might kill you or something like that, right? But the God that we have is so merciful and gracious. When we fear him, the Bible says, it's not because, because he is ugly, he's a monster, he, is, he, is, he just want to come and hurt you. It's because you would experience like what Peter would experience, the awe of the God of the universe is standing before you and that you feel like a tiny dust. You feel so unworthy that this God of the universe is standing in front of you. That is the kind of fear. We don't have any better words in the English vernacular to express that. So we use fear. But many people are confused with that. We're confused with being so afraid that we get punished, so afraid that he's going to whack us, so afraid that he's going to kill us. But we have this holy fear that, oh God, I'm so unworthy. Oh my goodness, how can I stand in the presence of the Almighty God? That experience, when you have that, you will hear the voice of Jesus say, don't be afraid. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Then God gave Simon a call of his life. From now on, you'll be fisher of men. 
And when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Every single incredible miracle of God in your life, listen, contains a specific purpose. It's just, it's not just for your entertainment, for your own satisfaction, for your own benefits. Yes, you'll be one of the benefactors. But every intervention of God comes with a purpose, comes with a calling to be something bigger than you, bigger than your needs, bigger than your current struggle, current situation. Every miracle of God is there because God has a calling upon your life. He's not a genie from a vase to come out and give you your needs. He is the God of the universe intervening on your behalf, give you miracles because his purpose for you is a whole lot bigger than the miracles that he's going to perform on your behalf. Don't just experience a miracle and walk away and go, oh, goody, praise God. Listen to his voice closely when you see miracle because there's always an instruction after the miracle. I can imagine, I can just remember the time when Saul, he, um, he, uh, he, got, he got blind and he was instructed to go to a certain place to receive a miracle. And so he was being prayed for. And after he's being prayed for, he had an instruction. And you can go to all the different stories in the Bible of every single miracle. If you pay attention, God didn't do it for the miracle's sake. God did it because something bigger is at play. Watch this. Every need you have right now, in other words, every miracle you're looking for right now from God, contains a calling inside. Because when the miracles come, there is a bigger purpose behind it. I need you to listen to this very carefully. Every struggle you have, every heartache you're going through, every need that you're contending with, every miracles that you're seeking God for, that struggle contains a bigger purpose than the struggle itself. Don't just look for the solution for the struggle. Look for the purpose behind the solution or the miracles. Here, Jesus did a miracle. And so, after that, he called Peter into the ministry. And the word of God says, because of the miracle, because of the calling, they left everything. I want to tell you this. The miracle for Peter was so that he can have the faith to leave everything behind to follow Jesus. Are you here this morning? The miracles for Peter himself 
was for the reason that he could leave everything behind, have the faith enough to leave all his livelihood, his career, in other words, behind to follow Jesus. Every time when God gives you a miracle, especially in provisions or whatever, there is a calling behind it. Listen closely and pay attention to follow that calling because something is bigger that's happening. And as a result of that miracle, watch this. The whole world got turned upside down through this man who saw the miracle. Your miracles, your struggles, whatever it is. I was listening to a preacher, you know, um, in California, you know, he was talking about his, his depression experience for, the, for three years. He was in depression. And, and he remembered one time he was sober from the depression for such a short moment. And he understood what that struggle was. He told the devil, when I'm out of this, I'm going to, I'm going to go to every depressing person, every broken person to bring healing of God to their lives. He understood that his struggle at the time will come with a miracle and a miracle will come with a calling. And so he obeyed the Lord and today he's healed and he's obeying God and he's preaching the gospel around the world. Listen to me, whatever the struggle you have today, it is not so that, you know, you can just go through some harsh time. There is a miracle attached to it. In that miracle, there is a calling contained in it that you need to watch for it because this is your time. This is your hour. Don't look at the problem as a problem. Look at the problem as your calling. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, because you're sitting here to hear this, not by accident, because that's the voice of God speaking to you this morning. Last point I want to make, and we'll close. Worship team, if you can come out. I always say this. Don't go and serve God after you try everything else and nothing works. I'm speaking to those people who wants to go full time. Maybe just one, two, three, five, ten, maybe a hundred, whatever, right? You feel that God has called you to full time ministry and you feel like the time has not come. And, and I have counseled many young people. I, I want you to listen to this. And all our people who come on staff as pastors, I always say this. When you come and work here, by the time God has called you to come and work here full time, it is beca not because you have failed in your work outside. It must be that you actually should be on top of your game when you come in. And that he is a sacrifice for you to come in to serve the Lord. I have seen so many young people just fail in anything. Can't even get a total job down. You know, just can't do anything. Just have struggle in every area of their lives. Struggle in, in, in you know, in the, in just struggle. And so they say, oh, you know, I think God is calling me to ministry. In other words, ministry, I'm not saying all of them. I say many of them. Ministry is an escape for their failure. Watch what happened to Peter. Go ahead and play something. What happened to Peter? Peter came into ministry at the height of his career. He had never caught that many fishes before. He had never caught that many fishes in his lifetime. So much so that he had to share his profits, his, his, his results, his miracle with other people. Watch this. 
God, if you call, God is going to give you so much success in, the, in wherever you're at that when the time comes, you have to make a sacrifice to come and serve the Lord. Don't try to escape from one thing to another, whether it's ministry or otherwise, and call it the call of God when you have not succeeded in where he placed you. Whatever struggle you may have at this moment, I want you to know that struggle contains a miracle for great success and great victory. And that miracles contains a calling for you to become fisher of men or whatever that he'd called you to become. The title that we have is fisher of man or whatever vocation or whatever gifts that he'd given you. The experiences that you have. You know, as a pastor, I, I thank God for all the experiences I had in my secular job. All of them. They're so helpful in so many aspects of this church. Every training, every situation you're going through, there is a purpose for a season that is to come. Now, let me end with this saying. The point I'm trying to tell you is that we are called to make a difference in the world. But you and I, while we are walking out this journey of miracles or whatever we need, you and I are continuing to call and Jesus commissioned all of us to preach the gospel, to tell the authentic voice of God to other people. Let them know of the authentic voice of God through your life through your sharing because as in the days of Jesus today many people are longing not for religious not show not anything but longing to hear an authentic voice of God you could be one of them